Do you want more media coverage? Today we're learning from an award-winning travel writer featured everywhere from Forbes to the Michelin Guide about what you should know about working with journalists like her. This is Hospitality Daily, the show that helps you stay informed and inspired each day by the most interesting people in hospitality. My name is Josiah McKenzie, and my goal is to help you reconnect with why you work in this industry and get fired up to go out there, delight others, and reach your goals. Let's get started. Yesterday, David Rust talked about the importance of working with the media to grow his new hospitality business, Sagra. Today, we get to learn from award-winning travel journalist, Ali Wonderman, what it's really like to work in this role, what she finds interesting, how to best work with her and journalists like her, and much more. To kick us off, here's Ali talking a bit more about what she does. So what I do is I'm a freelance travel journalist. I write about destinations, hotels, restaurants, anything that a traveler might be interested in from planning a trip to the industry itself, to investigations in the industry, the whole gambit, predominantly destination coverage, including the hotels, restaurants, activities, etc. I travel the world finding stories and then write about those stories for magazines and newspapers, mostly in the U.S., so you may have seen me in on the cover of Hemispheres magazine or on Forbes or Conde Nast Traveler, written for over 80 publications at this point during my career. But I mostly do that, write about places in the world. It seems like the dream job, right? Uh, it's also, it's a lot of work as well. It's a lot of work. I'm curious, because you've written for so many publications, and we'll link in the show notes to your portfolio and some of the stories that you've done, but you work with a wide range of, of publications. Do you notice a, substan- a big difference between these different publications, or is everybody kind of looking for the inside scoop? How- There's definitely an emphasis on trends. Everyone wants to be the first to report on a particular trend, which in my opinion can actually create the trend. Sometimes something's not a trend, but when it's reported on, people see it as a trend and it is created. But I would say most publications are looking for novelty. It's news. After all, they want to do something new. They want to tell stories that haven't been told before. The tone can change from one publication to another. The focus, of course, some are focused on food and wine. Some are focused on specifically hotels. Some are focused on just one city. It can depend based on the publication, but generally the, the content has that undercurrent of novelty in it. Interesting. And how do you how do you approach looking for kind of what's new? Like what, what have you found to be useful in, in your process? That's a really good question. It's hard because a lot of the places that I'll visit are very old. I'm going to Athens later this month, and that's one of the oldest destinations in the world, let alone cities. So I try to just go with what I'm interested in because there's a lot of topics out there, a lot of them that I wouldn't necessarily cover because I'm not interested in them. I haven't come across them. I haven't, it hasn't shown up in my, my feed, whether that's in social media or in real life. So I try to stick with the topics that interest me personally and then dive deep on those, whether, regardless of the destination. And that helps me focus my work instead of trying to do everything all the time for everyone, which the beginning of my career was definitely that. And now it's a little bit more focused, but I stay on top of other news sites. I work with a lot of publicists who will share exclusive stories or, or new stuff with me, but mostly it's an ear to the ground type of thing. Just have conversations with people. And if something sounds interesting, follow that trail. 
So I can only imagine you must be inundated with so many pitches. And I, I feel like I'm kind of new to this. and I'm just starting to see like what, what happens here. What do you feel like hospitality providers misunderstand about travel journalism? Because I'm sure everybody wants you to, you know, to, to write a feature story on them. Um, what are some of the kind of misconceptions that you want to kind of set the, the record straight on? That's I, I love having the opportunity to share this because ultimately I think it benefits hospitality providers to understand how to work with uh, journalists. I, I gave a, a speech on this for the Belize Hotel Association, how to work with media, because it is a little inscrutable. And I'm happy to provide that information because it's it's also better for me. But I want hotels with great stories to be able to get those stories out there. So I think so one of the big misconceptions is that travel journalists and travel influencers are the same thing. Ultimately, when properties, destinations work with influencers, they're often paying for their time, they're paying for their expenses, they're paying for a message that they want out there. It's more controlled, where travel journalists are still journalists. The job is still ultimately to uncover the truth, even if that truth is very positive, even if that truth is, this is the best hotel to visit in this destination. It's not something you can buy, and it's not something you can control. And so I think that is the biggest misconception is that journalists can be bought and controlled. <laughs> and simply put, that is, a, if you want to control or buy a particular story, you need to buy an ad. Yeah. You need to pay for that. I even got an email yesterday asking how much it would cost to pay me to write an article for a particular publication. And when I said, I don't do that, they were shocked. So I, I know the water has been a little bit muddied by content creation and influencing, but travel journalism is still fundamentally journalism. And in working with hotels and, and hospitality providers, I think it's best that they approach it collaboratively. They have an interesting story to tell. Their job is to try to get the attention of the media to tell that story. And I'm happy to do so, but I won't be paid by them to do so. And I won't say word for word what it is that they're trying to get me to say. I'll just say what it is, what the truth is. So I want to pull on a couple of threads there. I, I think there is what that distinction is so important. And I've, I've spent my career as a marketer and, and like the reality is like, if you're in charge of marketing for this hotel or, or this you know, travel association, you have to kind of think about like, what is, what is the goal here? Right. Are we trying to get more guests? Um, there's also a lot of B2B marketing that goes on too. You know, like, are we trying to get, you know, the attention of collaborators or investors or even talent to work at our company? So you have to kind of start with that strategic mindset, right? Before then you, you think about how this plays out. But then to your point, also thinking about the capacity with, with which you're, you're collaborating with, with different people. Cause maybe there's, um, you know, an opportunity to be like, okay, we'll, we'll work on a story, but it's, it's almost like a marketing and we're explicit about that. Like we're creating some internal marketing for us versus a travel journalist is a whole different relationship. Yes. Right. Yeah. I think with marketing, I used to be in marketing as well in a past life and it's, you're right. You have to set those goals and then there are outlets for marketing. There are ads, there are influencers, there are ways to get that message out there in a controlled way that you pay for and that exists. So go, and then there is the realm of publicity and, and media. And that is what it is as well. And so that I do think that distinction is important because ultimately all of us are traveling around going to the same places and the experience can be quite similar, but the outcome is different. I couldn't agree more. And the other thing that you mentioned that really caught my attention was 
there are hospitality providers and others in the travel ecosystem that have stories worth talking about. And I think that notion of creating something worth talking about is worth underscoring as well, because I think many times if you're working in a business, maybe what you think what you have is so special, but the reality is you kind of work in this role for long enough and we might almost get like a little jaded because everybody thinks they're a special snowflake and like you need to be really honest with yourself do you have something differentiated here? right and i think that i totally support people working in hospitality being stoked on their product they should be yeah. you can tell when they're not and it comes through you can tell sometimes they'll work with a, a publicist and you can tell the publicist does not believe whatsoever what they're saying. I worked with, there's a hotel in Belize called Chaw Creek that I really, really like. I'm close friends with the owners after going there lots of times. And I stayed at the hotel once and they had given me a list of what they thought was interesting. And then when I went into the room, there was a butterfly cocoon in a box. And after two days, the butterfly would come out and you get to release the butterfly into the surrounding rainforest. And I thought, that's incredible. I ended up selling a story to Travel and Leisure about it. They had no idea that that was story worthy. And so I love when hotels can identify or destinations can identify what makes them special. Tell me because I am getting two, 300 emails a day from publicists, from hospitality providers saying, can you write about this? I don't read them all anymore. I used to. I used to reply to them and then I stopped replying to all of them. Then I used to read all of them, had to stop doing that. But I am inundated with trivia every single day. And so picking apart what I can then sell and package as an interesting story is a lot of work for me. So when they can do some of that work, when they can really identify what makes them stand out from the next place makes my life a lot easier. And it makes me more keen on working with them in the future because ultimately I'm going to get paid for telling stories. And if I don't have stories to tell, I'm not going to get paid. So it's good for us to be able to build that relationship of reliability of they really know what makes a good story. And it's something that I can package and bring to the media uh, in a way that people will want to read about. And if that generates guests for them, that's great. That's their goal. My goal is to tell a good story. And figuring out what that is, is critical for hospitality providers who want to work with the media. Makes everything a lot more efficient. <laughs> I'm curious, you talk to a lot of people, and is there a common thread between the people that are creating, like that story of the butterfly was really interesting, right? I'm kind of curious if, if personality-wise or their creative process, have you picked up on a common trait or approach of these people and these organizations that are building really kind of special experiences? I don't think there's any one, well, maybe the trait would be passion. They're passionate about their destination about what they've built. Uh, I, I do find that this is often the case in boutique properties where there isn't an overarching brand saying this is the way that it should be. But I, people who are just really committed to the, to hospitality in and of itself of creating an experience that guests will enjoy, whether it's something that you can see in going to a friend's house party with the host, if the host is really excited about having guests, it's a better experience. And that translates, that scales up all the way to a 300 room hotel. When that hotel is excited to share what they've created with their guests, you can feel that. So that passion for hospitality has to be first and foremost. And I think that's true in the, in the culture of, of the organization, but also on a personal level, right? And that's, that's important for our listeners to remember. It's like not only 
good for you personally because we all spend a lot of time at work. So if you're not passionate about it, you should probably find something that, that you are a little more aligned with. But I think for the leaders, it, it, it's really important to kind of develop this culture where collectively we care about this thing and that, you know, I imagine that enables better brainstorming around here's new stuff. For sure. That we can- and I think that translates to the way the business is run as well, because it's difficult to find front of house staff and it's difficult to ask people to be as passionate as you are when they're making quite a bit less money. And I think that a good staff culture comes through with great hospitality. You're going to have a better experience as a guest when you're being greeted by people who are genuinely excited to be greeting you. That's just a fact of life. <laughs> I want to go back a little bit to, you know, the, the, what makes a great pitch or a great kind of when you're re- re- reaching out, because I feel this is actually a really important skill, not just to get coverage for the sake of it, but I feel if, you know, you're going through all this work to create something really special, it's almost like part of that process is investing the time to, um, you know, introduce that to others, right? And, and part of introducing that is working with people like yourself to make, make you aware that this special thing has been created. And I'm curious, you know, there's... You know, for decades, people have been doing, you know, press releases and things like that. I'm, I'm curious if there's any common thread between the pitches that you find most helpful. Absolutely. There is something to be said for people who make a personalized press release. Ultimately, I work with public relations people and the, the ones that figure out the relationship part, I tend to work with more. I tend to publish their stories more because I like working with them or I like working with their client. Again, I'm getting hundreds of emails a day. If it's from someone who I've worked with reliably in the past, whether that's then them getting me assets and quotes on a timely manner, sometimes I'm being contacted by a publication to run a story and I need it now. And that's not always going to work for the client. But when I know that they've taken the time to help me or to craft a pitch that is personalized, I cover things like sustainability, wildlife, adventure travel quite a bit. And when I get a pitch from a publicist that acknowledges that, it's much more likely that I'm at least going to read the rest of the pitch, if not build a relationship with them. And the same goes for for any other touch point of the process I, I've actually, in fact, in the last year or so, really cut down who I'll work with because there's a lot of people who see me as a means to an end for their client. And it is a relationship. It's not a transaction. They're not paying me. I'm doing it because it's my job. And I need to know that the person that I'm working with sees me as a human and not as an object for their fulfillment of getting the client happy. And so, yeah, the ones that have figured out the relationship part and the humanity of, of media, the human behind the, the byline is critical for me at this juncture of my career. It, it sounds like, like a bit of an art form because if somebody's just personalizing with some generic level of like, oh, it's you know sunny in San Francisco or something versus what I'm hearing from you is a lot of, I, I notice you write about these topics and, and maybe there's like some a new story along those lines that maybe you might be interested in. Is that the sort of person? Right. Like I saw you published an article about jungle eco lodges. I have a client who's one. Would you like to come visit them? Here's an interesting angle about them, whatever it is. I just want to know that they, that I'm not getting a bulk email essentially because all travel journalists we share in our private communities, those emails that we get that say, hi writer or hi insert name here. And when that happens, obviously they have a job to do as well, but it's hard to want to read the rest of that email when it's so depersonalized. So um, 
you touched on this a little bit, but I, I wonder if we could just speak for a few more moments around, you know, anything else you would like to see from hospitality providers and, and how they can be more helpful um, in, in their work. I, I think depending on the organization, there may be a separate PR firm involved. Sometimes that's in-house, but there's, you mentioned kind of the pitch process. There's the piece around being timely and responsive. Um, you mentioned some are inviting you to their properties. There um, any part of that process, I guess, when you're actually interacting with the hospitality brand that you find to be useful? I think it's helpful when they understand what a journalist's job is, like we were talking about how it's distinct from advertorial or influencing and understanding that we're not controlling the editorial process necessarily. So just knowing what the job entails that first and foremost, we're there to build a relationship and explore a story. We're not there to transcribe their story. We're there to explore what it is and determine if it's worthwhile of a media placement. And because there's a lot in the travel industry where they will travel media industry, well, they will invite us out, but you can't come unless you've confirmed a story in advance, which is actually the, the only way that they do it in the UK. But in the US, I think it's a little misleading for readers because you wouldn't ask me to write about the new Apple iPhone until I've held it in my hands. And I don't think that it makes sense to guarantee a story about a hotel unless you've been there, unless it's some kind of list of these are the places that exist. It's important to understand that the value of travel journalism and that there's more value that comes from actually having interacted with the product. So if that works, if that aligns, if there's a way to make that happen, then the story is just going to be richer. And I understand the need to have as many media placements as possible, as often as possible, as many as possible, but you're going to get a richer story if you can have a journalist come out and actually experience your product. So when we're there, if, if they can bring us out there, ensuring that we have a realistic experience of what a guest might experience if they if we were they is really helpful and just understanding that there's not a transaction happening. It's a relationship that's being built. Right. And, and I mean, to that point of realistic experience, if you're kind of in this artificial bubble of like the media experience, it's, it's not really useful, honestly, for, for anybody. Cause I think what's, what's important not to miss is a big piece of guest satisfaction is that, you know, kind of gap between your expectation, the, the reality of, of being a guest. And so if you are painting this artificial picture, um, it's not going to, it's going to yes. back to bite you, right? In a way. I stayed at a hotel recently, a lovely hotel where upon arrival, they had an illustration of my face in the, in the room. And I had to ask, is this something every guest gets? Absolutely not. So while I appreciated the gesture and definitely took a little photo of the drawing, I would never, I, it was sort of a misgiving that I would, I appreciated the hospitality that was curated for me, the travel writer, but that's not something I can translate into a story. And they, hopefully they understand that while it's appreciated, I'm not taking that into consideration when it comes to crafting a story about their property because it's irrelevant. It's not part of the experience. It's part of my experience. So what it, it sometimes is, really nice to go to a hotel unannounced and get the typical experience and then compare it to the hosted experience because they're not the same all the time. And sometimes they are, it depends, but it's definitely an interesting line to balance. Right. And I think it goes back to what we were talking about of, of creating a, a truly 
remarkable experience, right? Something that, that is the, the product, the service experience is, is extraordinary because um, I, I think, you know, something else that, that you're referencing is, is the sense of, um, you know, kind of like access and, and being timely and responsive. And I think there's, there's a case to be made for, um, if you're a self-interested hospitality provider, by giving someone like yourself access, I think the range of stories that can come out of, you know, you experiencing their property or interacting with their staff is actually much broader. And they can be best served, actually, by, you know, this sort of high trust relationship where they know the quality of your work. And it, it's more about, you know, giving you access to whomever you want to speak with on their staff. Um, and I guess like experiencing the hospitality offering on your terms, right? Not theirs. Yeah, I think it makes sense to do that. Because like I said, with the butterflies, they weren't expecting me to write about that. That was just something they do for all their guests. And I have enough experience to know that I've never seen that anywhere else before. That was a cool thing to be able to highlight. And I, I it's not going to be that hotel's not like any other hotel. And I, it's great to learn what makes that hotel unique. And if they try to hide aspects of the hotel, it does feedback to the guests where they're not getting a realistic expectation of what it's going to be like to select that property. So I, I, I do think there should be a little more trust in, you can see my portfolio, you can see who I've written for, you can see what I write, what I focus on and trust that I can do my job when the time comes to it. And that if they have something egregious, that is worthy of reporting on from an investigative standpoint, that's on them. Then they need to fix the things that make them egregious uh, because that's, again, that's what journalism is. (laughs) And if that's the truth, then that's the truth. Yeah. Well, in in, in the best hospitality providers that I've seen really look at investing in the quality of what they do, the quality of their people. And it's not the marketing isn't a veneer. Marketing is the operation. It, it is the people they hire. It's the way they take care of their people. And because that is their marketing. they'll find out one way or another. There are reviews online. And I, I know that that's a tricky minefield, but stuff gets out. Yeah. And it, it's not just journalists who do it. So it behooves them to put their best foot forward for everyone because that will become the experience that guests share. Before we go, I want to let you know about a few more things. First, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite app to stay inspired each day by actionable insights from the most interesting people in hospitality. Second, I've started sharing videos and photos from the stories on this show on Instagram and YouTube, so if you'd like to see those or watch along, I encourage you to follow Hospitality Daily there so we can stay in touch. Third, if you'd like to listen to more conversations like the one you just heard, visit this podcast website at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. I've spent a lot of time building out this website because I want to make it really easy for you to listen to the topics and guests that you are interested in whether that's culture and leadership or operations or technology or something else. Browse and search the entire library of more than 400 episodes for some of the top leaders and innovators in hospitality at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com to get ideas for delighting the people around you and reaching your business and career goals. I produce this podcast each day and give it away for free because I want us all to learn and grow together. If you enjoyed today's episode, I just have one favor to ask. Please take a moment to text or email this episode to a friend or colleague who might appreciate it as well. They'll be grateful to hear from you and what we covered in the show can help them as I hope it helped you today. Thanks for listening and I'll see you here tomorrow. 